Hi, my name is Ben Buddy Slack, and I'm the founder of The Swan Song Project. The Swan Song Project is a charity that helps people facing the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. I started doing a series of interviews with songwriters, asking them to give us a bit of an insight into their music, how they write their songs, uh, share some tips that might have been useful to new songwriters, and also tell us a little bit about how music has helped them deal with a bereavement or loss in the past. This episode features Sam Hodgson of the band Sam H, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Okay, today I'm here with uh, Sam Hodgson from the band Sam H. Hello, Sam. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you. So, um, if you watch these before, there's three sections. First, Sam's going to play a, a song for us, then we're going to have a little chat about how he wrote that. Then we're going to have section two, Sam's going to give us a songwriting tip which might be helpful for new songwriters. And then section three, um, Sam's going to tell us about a song that means something to him relating to end of life, bereavement and grief and those issues. So uh, I'm going to pass you over to Sam who can play his song and uh, tell us what it is, Sam, and uh, get straight into it. I'm going to put you on the big screen. Yeah, cool. Thanks. Yeah, this song is called uh, We Are Not Physical. I guess I'll talk a bit about what it means and where it came from after I've played it. Thank you. 
It's like Sam. I like yes. the uh, the one person applause. It's going to be kind of going to be a thing on these interviews. But yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, what, can, what can you tell us about writing that? So, the, so um, that that song is part of an EP that I wrote last. Well, that I finished recording last year, and um, the whole EP is kind of like about these hazy, summery, small things that happen um, in your life, which seem tiny but also massive at the same time and sometimes it takes a while to get hold of how big they are because they seem so small and then that and some of the songs on the EP were written like really quickly like I just sat down and they just popped out and I have no idea where they came from and it was a complete mystery but that song was a labour of love over a long long period of time yeah. It took me like ages, weeks and weeks to kind of work out what it was about and where it was going and what direction it needed to take and um, all of these things. And it went through loads of names and loads of um, orders and lyrics. I've just got like a whole note- notebook full of ideas for that song and loads and loads of recordings where I just like, scrapped whole massive chunks of them I uh, like caught a whole chorus just disappeared out of it and all this sort of stuff so it was it was one of those that took a long time what was the the starting point for it then what was and did, did it change like did you have like I want to have got this song is about this and then it's it's shifted over the course of writing it or was there always like a an aim with it no no there was never an aim um, and it's it did shift so it started off uh, about something completely different. It started off about like chaos and order. So I was thinking about those themes, and um, uh, and it was it, originally it was called Out of Order, and I had this thing where it's like because at the time it was like you know Brexit was happening and all that sort of stuff, and and there was all this chaos going on in in the, in the social and political landscape. So it was originally about that, but then. It took so many twists and t- turns um, that it just ended up being about something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> and where, where did the title come from? We are not physical. Yeah, so I guess the title came from this kind of like one, like a wandering, pondering like thing where you just sort of start thinking about little ideas and they just become these massive twists and t- turns in your brain. So I, I was thinking like um, about you know, this idea that we are just consciousness and we've taken on this body for a moment and then we'll return to it, which is not an idea that I I particularly believe in or anything like that, but it's a a really, really nice thing to consider. Yeah. Is that that a common way you write songs, where you let it kind of um, just form and take shape? And do you often spend a long time revising things or does it vary a lot? Yeah, I guess uh, it varies quite a lot, but I think I, I read a Paul Simon interview um, the other day, and he was saying that uh, songs you don't need to you don't need to write the songs; you just need to let them come to you. And I like that. I like that idea. So that I, it's kind of it's kind of made up of those two things. One of them is trying to enter your subconscious and delving into the dark things that are inside yourself. Not necessarily dark, but the deep things. Um, 
and then the next bit is like editing and working out what works and what doesn't and what you like and what you don't and what bits fit with what songs etc yeah yeah it's really I read an interview with Paul Simon one time where he was talking about I remember, I remember he was talking about throwing a tennis ball at a wall and catching it yeah. for ages and he was talking about how when you sit down to try and write a song your brain will throw up cliches and kind of things that you know you know like just just boring stuff and he says the the real thrill of it was to try and get past that stage mm. to then what i think is kind of what you were talking about there where like you're just letting things interest more interesting things come out rather than cliches and stuff that you kind of i don't know stuff that you know you know in a way like things you say regularly but trying yeah. to get that part out of the way so then something more yeah more deep and meaningful and interesting kind of comes out. But I think he was using the tennis ball thing as a way of distracting his, his mind to let ideas bubble yeah. up or something. Yeah, definitely. And we yeah. all have our own ways of doing that. Like, I guess it's creating like flow state or like something like that where, I don't know, you go for a run or you, I don't know, you lift some weights or anything yeah. like that. And <laughs> your mind is able to leave, like leave all that stuff behind and enter a new, a new thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Cool, yeah, thanks for that, Sam. So um, we'll move into section two. Um, so this is where I've asked people to have a songwriting tip for anyone who might be interested in starting writing songs, might be early on their journey. So um, have you got a tip for us, Sam? Yeah, my tip is to uh, consider your environment. Uh, so I've been, as I told you just before this interview, I've been doing a master's on songwriting and how people um, write music about where they're from and their place and I think it's really an important thing to consider where you are in, in physical geography and it can really help you as a person as well as a songwriter um, considering that because uh, you are influenced by everything that's going on around you so I'll give you some uh, solid tips so there's something that Bjork does, for example, which I really, really like, which is um, she takes the environment and, and refers it to her body. So she'll take things about her body that are the same about those things that are about her environment and combine them together. And I, I really like that idea. So take a, something like, I'm, I'm, I'm living in Huddersfield, so there's quite a lot of moorland around Huddersfield and Marsden and Slaughter and that. So um, I like the idea that like the moors are quite um, like rough and not like ideal, not idealistic, not perfect or anything. Um, but they are, they're kind of harsh and in a way a little bit ugly, but in an in a extremely beautiful way. So I've been thinking about that in terms of my body and like, you know, there's bits of my body that are not perfect. <laughs> None of it is. That uh, are ugly, but in a beautiful way. So I've been considering that. So I think that's my tip. Find a bit about something that you like about the landscape or something that is about the landscape that you live in and relate it to your body as a, as a lyrical theme. Brilliant. Yeah, thanks, Sam. That's a really good one. Yeah, I think... Um... I think place can be overlooked in songs a lot of time. I'm hearing Tom Wasting where he thinks that all songs have to be, you know, set in, in a certain place and he tries to include some reference to a street or a city or something in, in most of his songs. And I I'm I, I thinking about something like that before and and I, I, I think for me it was kinda like thinking, well like people know my area because my friends know my area, but then the people who don't 
who listen to your songs aren't necessarily going to be the people who live in the same area. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so there's lots of songs that, should, that the, you know, it's like this title's just a street name or something like that. Yeah. And, and like, because, because you hold the, like my associations with a street here don't seem particularly exciting, but someone else who doesn't actually know that street, if you've got yeah. an interesting name for it or, or a park or something like that or some mall and so and then you can you can describe all sorts of stuff based on that, that area so yeah i think that's a really good one yeah and that's where like um like identity and music comes from as well like the, the beatles are massively famous for that like abbey road you know yeah. all these all these things that they include about like small little things about britishness which to most English people just don't seem like anything because that like it's just that's just the way it is. But to other people, it seems like exotic and wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's probably like it's probably quite a common error. Well, thing what a lot of pe- new people will do they'll try and sound like someone from a different place, won't they? Uh, mm. New singers, new songwriters. I'll try and write like like Bob Dylan or something like that. And it's that like I mean, you take an influence from great songwriters, but you making it authentic to you as well, like what you know about, and that's what makes it more special in a way, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a really good one. So thanks for that, Sam. Um, Section three, so I asked people to choose a song that means something to them about end of life and bereavement. And um, what the way I'm doing it on the video, because I don't think I can actually play the songs on the video, so I invite people to pause the video and then go and watch it, and I'll put the link in the description. So the song you chose is Nothing Not Nearly by Laura Marling, then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I'll put the link in the description now. So if anybody's watching this and you've not heard the song, you can pause this video and follow that link and have a listen to that song and then come back and Sam's going to tell us about it. So we can carry on now. So I'm hoping people have gone and listened to the song. I listened yeah. to it um, early on today and, uh, yeah, I was blown away by it. It's, uh, it's beautiful. It is an incredibly beautiful song. I guess it's probably not about grief or bereavement or, you know, I don't know. It's hard to say exactly what she was talking about, but a lot of people, I think, think that it's about a relationship or, I don't know, like a breakup or something, which I guess is is grief in a way. But Mm. the way that I heard it for the first time and still hear it is that it's about, like, losing somebody that you love. And it always reminds me of um, my nana who who died a long time ago. Well, you know, when I was when I was quite young. But um, I always think about her, and you know, she's constantly in my mind. Her love and the and the uh, the way that she acted and ha- and all the all the kindness that she shared with us. So when I hear that song, I always think of her, and. Um, and I, I even I even wrote my own second verse for it because it goes verse one chorus verse one chorus. So after I got over my tears and and <laughs> grief and after I got over not being able to listen to it without feeling really sad and emotional, I wrote my own verse for verse one about about my nana, and. Um, and that was a very healing and therapeutic process. And then that, and that started a whole thing about um, not being able to get it, get through it without crying again. So I had to <laughs> practice that a few times. <laughs> Have you got that recorded anywhere? Yeah, it's on my Facebook. There's a video, a video of me playing it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll look at that. Yeah, that's that's another that's another good summary tip in itself, isn't it? Is to write sections to songs that are already meaningful to you. 
Yeah, it's yeah. not something that I do a lot, but it is a really, really interesting and fun thing to do. Yeah, and particularly with things like that, where like you know, not knowing exactly what what she intended the song about, but this is the meaning. It's the associations mm. for you, and then writing a section which is more specific to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful song. Um, yeah, it's really and it's a really interesting. Like, like, see, the structure's quite because the second verse is shorter than the first one as well. The, it's the first half of the first verse again, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's uh, a very interesting arrangement as well. There's that line in the first verse. Uh, I can't remember exactly now, but it's about not being afraid of trees or bears, yeah, or anything that might hurt you, something yeah. like that, wasn't it? Which I thought was just. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those lines where, like, I don't know, it's so it 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 stands out so much that it kind of like that's what you think of when you think of the song in a way. It's kind of like a a, tr- a, a trippy line, not trippy, but like it tri- trips up. It's not yeah. it doesn't flow as well as the rest of it, but because of that, almost because of it, it makes you like remember it and think about it a bit more. Yeah, yeah, it really stands out, doesn't it? Yeah, stunning song. Yeah. Really good. Cool. Well, thanks for thanks for joining us, Sam. I've really enjoyed that. It's been really interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, and I'll um, yeah hope hope everyone enjoys it. Um, what I've been doing is starting to ask songwriters for recommendations of other songwriters who I might be able to approach for this. Um, and so I think I'm going to post these two a week. So I've got quite a few lined up. So I'm hoping to maybe do one Monday, one Friday. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed tuning in. And to keep an eye on for the other ones and follow the, the other swan song pages. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Sam. Hopefully, see you thank again you. soon when we can leave the houses. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, All right. Thank you.